back for another episode of Moves at the Blue Line. It's our holiday season extravaganza here, talking all things hockey and Christmas and whatever else crosses our minds here. We are in the power play formation plus one. We pulled the goalie, got the extra guy out there. We'll more on that in just a moment, but this is Leo Stodher, one of your hosts here at Moves at the Blue Line. Joining me once again is minor league veteran Joey Dwyer. And Leo, I am feeling the Christmas spirit this week. I am so At excited. Least somebody is. I'm so excited. This is uh, ins- you're giddy today. Insider trading here. This is an early show for us on a weekend. Too early. Um, and I'm living for it. I'm I'm excited. Glad to be here. Glad to be back. Um, it's been a little while since you've heard from us. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll address that in a bit. Nah. Yeah, no, no it's, it's no, the yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Joey Dwyer's excited, and yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I got a fun surprise for you boys at the top of the episode. It's not gonna be Return to the Trace this week. All right. So uh, keep an eye. Out. I mean, the listeners already heard it, but yeah, you guys, well, we we haven't yeah, heard it. Yeah. So okay, gotcha. And our third voice is the I don't even. I'm token so Jew. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! I can't say that. <laughs> I can. All right. All right. Our our Hanukkah expert. Yeah. Over our on the our other side. advisor of religious affairs, Mr. Dane Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I try. It moves at the blue line, and blue is typically a, a Hanukkah color. Yeah. So. Sure. We almost when when Emma and I were doing our our holiday cards, we almost got one special for Dane that was just a picture of us and a big star of David that said Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I do lean into the Judaism aspect. That's more of a heritage for me. I'm not a super religious person, but I do get to celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah, call it Chanaka. Um so it's pretty sweet. Hell yeah. I, but I'm also I know I think I speak for me and Leo that we both got after it in separate places last night. And Joey's a little too jovial this morning for for my taste. I'm feeling good though. I I'm not. I was up as late as you guys, but I was just I was just on on the box with some friends. Well, I'm, I'm wearing my hangover hoodie right now. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know <laughs> the the classic blue tie dye. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was spacing out there. That's the that's that was just the 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 sponsorship of Orange Jameson. It's just yeah. it's just silence. This moment of silence is brought to you by Orange Jameson. We are hungover. Yeah, uh, going through the rest of the crew here. As I mentioned, we we pulled the goalie. We got an extra skater today. It is the first official guest in moves at the Blue Line history. It is the one, the only, Mister Brendan McInerney of. Brother Rice High School, of Illinois State University, and of the University of Oklahoma. Boomer Sooner. Welcome to the show, Brendan. Thanks for having me. I gotta say, oh, it's of St. Christina Grade School, too. Of course, gotta include that. <laughs> yeah. Go Cards. Won a few championships at, uh, when I was 14, so <laughs> that appreciate the plug right there. That's right. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be the first guest. And uh, it's just great to be back catching up with some old friends. And I'm excited, too. I, I feel like during this episode, we'll get uh, some fact checks on some of the, the Brother Rice stories that Leo's told Okay. This, thus far in the pod. So we'll see, it'll yeah. be good. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, maybe it's, some new ones to add to the lore, too. Yeah. We got the, my favorite one so far was the bubble hockey at lunch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big one, too. Because was it – I'm trying to remember. It was the left wing – of the Russians, right? He had the longer, st- or he was broken, so he was slanted, right? Right. One of the Russian players was sent, so you wanted to play as the Soviets. That's what I was telling these guys. Right. And um, I never would want to play as a Soviet. <laughs> well, I bleed red, white, and blue. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in this case, when money's on the line, you want to play as the Soviets. Right. Oh, you guys gambling? Yeah, kind of. Like God, and, I wish I went to Catholic school. Because uh, if you 
the challenger would pay because he had to pay to play the game. Like it was, it was like fifty cents. He had to put yeah uh, in the machine. So if you were chat, like if you won, you got to stay on, and then whoever faced the next guy would have to pay. And there's were you other um, money involved too? Brother Ice is all guys, right? Yeah. Oh, then I would have had an excuse for getting no play in high school too. I can be like, it's just all guys. I don't talk. Sure. To guys, right. yeah. yeah, but I mean. There are some rice guys who still got some play. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't stopping us, yeah. <laughs> Just say there were many lunch periods where there was no food eaten, and I lost about $5 on bubble hockey because that's all I was doing. So, good times. Well, like, especially when we had the half lunch, too. Yeah, yeah. You had to make a decision there if you're going if you're going to eat or if you're going to try to win some money or lose some money in that that's case. Right. It was truly like a, a, a view into the crystal ball with B-Mac and his future of uh, betting on like the NBL <laughs> and, and cricket overseas at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, B-Mac, uh, B-Mac is one of the most proficient gamblers we've had on the podcast so far. And I feel like you've got a better record than any of us, especially better than Dan. Well, great great oh, yeah. story one time. was I think we were here. It was like me, you, and Leo. It was like during the summer when we were setting up the studio. And we're just shooting the shit, and I think we're texting in the chat. And BMAC's like, dude, I love Christian Walker anytime home run. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I checked the score, and he had two that night. And it was like, dude, what? I mean, so, I'm the home run whisperer, I can tell you that. <laughs> but I've to quick to circle back to the lunch discussion, were you ever involved? So you were more bubble hockey than ping pong at Rice Lunch? Because Rice ping pong would get nuts, but the seniors would always take that over, too. Did you ever dabble in the ping pong side of things, or are you stuck by the... Bubble hockey was more for the underclassmen, I'd say, right? Oh, yeah, easily. So, yeah, underclassmen, freshman, sophomore year, definitely uh, yeah. the bubble hockey. You grew older, you uh, transitioned to ping pong. That's, yeah. I think that's how it worked. And those would get kind of rowdy. Those were fun games. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that was lunchtime discussion. We'll get into more, uh, more Brendan lore. But do we want to start things off with the Blackhawks here? Because, and also, let's let's get into why it's been a while since you've heard from us. We're going to put someone in the penalty box. Someone's going to have to wear the uh, the, the hat of shame. Or uh, We uh, we recorded an episode last week, um, but you will never hear it. And that's not a threat. That's just a fact uh, to the audience. <laughs> it's probably beneficial for them, to be honest. I thought, that, I thought we had a good... It was good a good episode, but I probably made episode. two too many Rob Thomas references in Matchbox 20. I don't want oh, to be yeah, yeah, with uh, the blues, yeah. Um, yeah, the internet monster stole our podcast. It's gone. It got lost to the... It was on Epstein's list. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was rumored. Yeah. We had to get out We had to get out in front of the PR nightmare. No, it, um, you know, sometimes technology just doesn't want to work for you, and uh, I had that experience. Um, my Adobe audition crashed, and then... Uh, when I went to my backup to try to grab it, it was gone from there as well. So ultimately, uh, that's on me. I'll do better next time. Um, yeah. we, we, I, we're we're going to have a players-only meeting yeah. about it. And Nick Foligno's <laughs> already addressed it to the media. Yeah. Um, throwing you under the bus. But I was going to say, we could give you all kinds of crap for losing the podcast, but you're also the one that edits it every week. And like, <laughs> So, yeah, no. I'm not giving you any crap if that means I have to start editing it. So no, keep doing you, Joey Dwyer. Yeah, I love we always get a text because um, I'll usually have it up uh, <laughs> sometime the next day. And I'll always get a text from Dane the morning after we do a pod. And he's always like, chop, chop. Pretty <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> up, uh, editor boy. Yeah, like, I'm not going to rush you if, if because <laughs> like, yeah, you're the one that's actually adding it. So you can, you can take your time with that. Uh yeah, but it's on me at the end of the day. Should have had, uh, should have been more careful. Um, it was luckily a slow news cycle, though. Yeah, that was we we were stretching yeah, we were, for topics for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll put you in the box for a bit, but uh, you'll feel shame, then you'll be free. But let's get into now the week that's been for the Blackhawks. So, because that's all we that that's how we start the show off. So we'll go. When did we last record? We recorded before the seven-one uh, game to the Kraken. They yeah. lost to the Canucks. Winless in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a pretty bad. <laughs> that one was in Chicago, though I believe, right? I think that was in Seattle. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, winless in Seattle. Winless yeah. in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, because they had the, the the road trip. They were in Edmonton, then Seattle, then uh, a Sunday loss. How about that? A Sunday day game during NFL Sunday while the Hawk, or while the Bears were playing. I, mean, I have to watch the Bears for work, so I, I did not catch that Hawks game. That was just brilliant scheduling. Yeah, I don't have um, to watch the uh, Bears or football for work and I still didn't watch the Hawks play yeah. that game so uh, that's it, it seems to be the way the Hawks are going with everything like if you've noticed like all their commercials and stuff it's all like for they're gearing it towards the family dynamic and stuff gearing it towards kids and stuff and it seems <laughs> Sunday day games are very much a thing this year and as four guys in our mid-20s I don't know how we all feel about that I mean I will say though as the minor league veteran of the podcast that's a huge thing like the Sunday matinees yeah. in the minors, because that's when you get you started at one, or at least for when I was in Georgia, because everybody went to church, and so everybody's in their Sunday best, and then you start the game at two, oh, wow. and everybody just comes straight from church. That was our, usually our biggest turnouts. Like, Hockey's my only religion. <laughs> <laughs> Yet I celebrate Hanukkah. Yeah, what are you doing here? Um, World Juniors is my favorite holiday. Mashallah, that, that's brother. just weird. <laughs> but uh, the the day games, like I could take them or leave them. I guess you know, if I were a kid or if I you know was someone with kids, like maybe that'd be a good thing. But I don't know. Weekend night you could games, have kids. Yeah, yeah. I guess I could, but they're not old enough to go to Hawks games right now. <laughs> um, it's not that kind of dynamic yet. Um, I'll see you on draft night, kid. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like if. I, even like they've had a few daytime Saturday games and stuff, and it's it's I don't know, I like weeknight or weekend night games and stuff. There's certain that certain buzz when you're kind of waiting around, everybody's off, and uh, day games just aren't aren't really doing it for me. Yeah, but I mean that's yeah, it's it's whatever at this point because we're still in the point of the season where it's like you know it's kind of hard to get people yeah. to care on who are like on the periphery. Right. So. Nick Felino's trying his his damn best to get people to care. I don't get it. I don't care. I'm so... I'm, I, we can get into it more, but I'm so over him. Oh, dude. and you guys call me a hater when I started with the Nick Foligno hate. Yeah, but that was like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, I was just still, early on he's it. He's still doing this. After his, like, second players-only meeting. Um, I, He's still fun, actually, to watch. He he always pulls out, like, a crazy he, D. He, he, yeah. he is. Like, on the ice, he's actually still pretty good. Yeah. But it's just the the shenanigans to the media. Care. I can't I can't yeah, handle yeah. anymore. Um, and then yeah, so I didn't I didn't watch that game. They lost four three to the Canucks. It was a homecoming of sorts for Connor Bedard. His first game was that his first game against Canucks or um, just his first game at the UC against the Canucks. I think it's the first time the Hawks have played yeah. the Canucks this year. Because the Canucks had that uh, tweet where it was just a. Uh, Canuck fans at the United Center, and it's like three fans in you know Canuck uniforms, and then they posted a picture of Bedard. Too. Um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, yeah. um, but that that's the extent of that game. They lost four three, uh, and that, then the game on what was that Tuesday night against the Avalanche, probably one of the Hawks' better games of the season. I'd say that or the Toronto game, maybe the two best they played. Dane will give you your flowers right there. Lucas Reichel with Bedard and, and Donato because Kurashev was out for that one. With the flu, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the hits just keep coming. 
for this Hawks team. Laz had the tweet, and it was funny, Lazarus's tweet, where he's like, no Seth Jones, no Korchinski, no... He's just rattling off the list. And then he's throwing, like, Joey Anderson in there as well. Like, the Hawks are so beat up right now that even, like, the replacement players are getting hurt. And they managed to play against a really good team, which was big considering the last time they played against Colorado. Oh, that was on the road. They really got out, just outplayed in every category. They got sunned. They were in that game. They played well. That was a big win for the Hawks. And uh, maybe that's just what they do now is they're going to get a really good win against a Toronto or a Colorado. And then just the next four games after that are going to be stinkers. But, hey, it's fun while it's lasting. Like, that was a big win for the team. And it's kind of the guys you wanted to see perform well against Colorado. Like, it wasn't just the vets carrying it. You know, you had... Uh, Bedard with two assists. Reichel had a goal. Um, really, other than that, it was all kind of vets that scored Tyler Johnson. But still, it was good to see from the Hawks. He had Nikita Zaitsev running power play one, which was an experience. But, yeah. uh, man, it was a big win for a beat-up Hawks team against the Avalanche. What- yeah, it's, it's, it's tough seeing Nikita Zaitsev forced by injury into a prominent role with this team. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there and- there is a value to, like... Guys like that, guys that can be on your third defensive pair, and that veterans that can you can scratch, put back in the lineup that are okay with that, him or Tenority. But when their roles get elevated to the extent that they've been elevated to, that's where it's tough. But you look at the Hawks' defense worth no Korchinski, no Vlasic, no Jones, and they they found a way to win a game. That that that's impressive. Um, so my dad was at that game, so we had a little okay, a little segment here is um just text with Dane's dad during the game and uh, so first text I got was six foot defenseman is fucking awful um, and then I texted who was that in regards to <laughs> and I texted him Crevier question mark and he said 46 which is Louis Crevier okay. um, and then fall, so I didn't respond to that because it's like we all know Louis Crevier not an NHL player yeah you don't put he, a jersey on a tree <laughs> yeah he followed up with Donato blows as well I kind of liked his game against the Lanch that's what I'm saying <laughs> Uh, a nice Hawks win, and then finally, my favorite text tonight: Colin Blackwell is back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did not know he was ever gone. Yeah, I. I'll be honest. When they put him back in the lineup, I forgot he was still under contract with the Hawks. He was just one of those guys I assumed just left in the off season, and now he's back. And I'll admit, I kind of liked his game against the Avalanche. He brought some juice. He brought. Hey, he looked. You know, he looked good last night. The too. passion we'll, we'll and the fire it. and and the grit and. Chicago, went, Chicago. Um, but I, I liked it. Like, I, I'm fine with him playing a lineup right now, just because you need like representative NHL players, replacement level guys, and Colin Blackwell's a guy. I don't know. We need the dudes right now, so step on up. I Colin. mean, that hit on McKinnon too. Was... Oh yeah, McKinnon got all like pissy after, and the whole Avalanche team was just like they're being soft they, as puppy shit. The Hawks broke. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what losing the Hawks does. You just. Yeah, you have to reevaluate things, but that that was a that was a good night. To it be was Reichel's best game of the year for sure. Yeah, um, he's getting his that confidence. or the Florida game. Like I thought he played well against Florida early in the year, but this was definitely the results were there, um, and that was good to see. Uh, especially, so I'll walk back my take. I mean, I think we're whatever we yell about. I don't know if BMAC listens, but we yell about Lucas Reichel a lot on this podcast. Um, I think at this point, putting him with Bedard, it's all you have to do it just because. There is nobody else on the roster. Yeah. Um, it would be a different story if Taylor Hall was healthier if Andreas Athanasiu, but just 100%. looking at the Hawks lineup there, it's there's nobody for him to play with. Like it's the Bedard thing makes sense. Even with Kershaw being out too, like 
those are like the only forwards that matter, and one of them's dingy right now. I mean, they have to kind of just stack up things, and it's working. And Donato is a guy I like too. Like he can kind of play all over the lineup and sneaky good wrist shot. Yeah, he probably can't keep this level of play up for a long stretch, but right now it's working in a pinch and. Uh, yeah, if if this Lucas Reichel thing can keep working, this can be big for the Hawks because this is a you know the only guys that matter are ninety eight, twenty seven, fifty five, and twenty three on this roster. So like, you want to see them start showing results, and, and it's good to see them playing with confidence because he almost you know the, after the goal where he did put the sword on the on the bell or whatever, like he was playing with that swagger, with that confidence. He was, was good beaver to see. tapping for the puck. Yeah, because at times this year, like. He's just with his body language, he looked like he was really down on himself. And then the Colorado game, it looked like... And Troy Murray had a good point on the radio broadcast was that playing against a fast team maybe helps him because he is a fast player. He's a skilled player. So he's playing against high-level players and maybe it brings out more in him because, I mean, what Luke Richardson has talked about with Reichel, he needs to learn how to be more tenacious to play, you know, a little bit tougher on the puck against some of these grittier teams. But when he's playing against a high-flying team like the Avs, that might have helped his skill set help bring out the best in him because he had to play fast, had to play skilled, and and I think maybe we saw that. Uh, so we'll see now how he can keep it up if if that's an issue too. With you had a good performance, now how do you follow it up? And if you can bring that effort every night. One, well, it's funny that we circle back around to this too because we're basically in complete agreement at this point. But one thing we touched on in regard to Reichel playing with Bedard is we didn't want to hamper Bedard's development. There's no hamper. I, his yeah, development. I, Bedard's he's, a unicorn. Like he's. It's hard to mess that Like, up. Davidson doesn't get a grade at all for getting the first open. Because it's one yeah. of those un, unmessable picks. Yeah. Like, I remember Joey texting me on draft night. He's like, is there any chance we take Fantilli? And I said, absolutely no. not. <laughs> yeah. I just um, didn't I, I just didn't want, like, I, that was like doomsday scenario yeah. for me. Yeah. And, and, but our other number one overall picks take time to develop. Like, I mean, but, but our, it's just a unique situation. Like, it's not that... I'm sure that you could mess it up in, in ways like, you know, if you, you get him off his diet or or you start, you know, taking him out to the clubs and everything. Like, you could still mess up his development in certain ways. But from a hockey perspective, I think that's hard to mess up even I, with this mess of a team. I cannot right imagine Connor Bedard in a club. Well, one, he's not old enough to get <laughs> in. But that kid, like, that kid is as no, stiff a as a bro. brick wall. Like, you guys, like, but they just opened up that hockey bar in Chicago. He might really like that. <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be, <laughs> I mean, he's going to go get some Shirley Temples. Yeah, yeah I don't, you guys, I think we all in this basement all saw the video of him with Victor Wembanyama <laughs> and just the awkward small talk between the two of them. Like, Bedard is just programmed to do hockey, and that's but, it. Bedard is like too focused on his career right now to have a personality. Like, like Sidney Crosby had a great like later year. Yeah, later in his I, career, yeah. he like opened up a little bit. Taves I, was kind of the same way too, a little bit. Like he, once he got in, like that was around like I, I'd say like after the cups when we found out how interested he was in like the the environment and all that. And uh, so yeah, maybe it just takes time for the players to open up and everything. And I think he, get, we'll he gives it. some some solid quotes to the media, but I think that's been tamed down ever since the Corey Perry situation, where it's like okay, we need to shelter him a little yeah. bit more from the media. Um, but yeah, that interaction with Webb and Yama, where it being super cool, um, and Webb and Yama is the, it's so polarizing to see these two complete opposite prospects. I mean, Webb and Yama is an international basketball prospect, while Connor Bedard's a five ten 
North American hockey prospect. So two completely different lifestyles. And it was just cool to see that these two generational type prospects yeah. that you'll probably not see for another 10 or so years, just kind of shooting, shooting. Yeah, it was cool that Wemby's a bust. They had the, the lineup where both of them were like the Hawks weren't traveling or whatever that when the Spurs were at the United Center, they were able to line it up. They were able to do a jersey swap and everything. That was cool. They were able to get that interaction. It was, uh, yeah, well timed out and well done. Like, cause we talk about it, the NHL kind of messes up marketing sometimes, but that was cool. Get one of your young stars with a young star that casual fans recognize. Just anyone who follows basketball knows who Wembenyama is, and they uh, were able to do that. And that that I didn't put this, or we didn't really do a run but in the show prep, I just kind of thought of this on the fly. With the the clips of Wembenyama playing hockey, like trying to shoot, yeah. makes me think. So two questions: one, where would you play him? on an ice rink and then two what other current professional athlete would you want you get two weeks to train him put him on an NHL roster who are you taking a current pro athlete oh, Jalen Ramsey this Hawks team the Hawks are they need dudes right now so who are you who are you trying to put to on the it has to be current Hawks? yes oh man because you can't say like J.J. Watt or someone we know that like plays hockey or someone who is currently active in a pro league and it can't be a hockey player it has to be a no, yeah, yeah, someone from like a different pro sport to okay. teach to play hockey. Because Chara comes to mind where it's like to teach a dude how to use his lanky body, but um, yeah. from a different pro sport to teach him to play hockey. Dustin Bufflin is a professional That's fisherman okay. right now. All right. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm hammering like I don't know. I think you got to go football. I, the the Hawks could use just like a goon, you know? Okay. Like give me, like just because it's. What you like putting a defensive lineman on skates or? Yeah, yeah. Like, All right. like give me like Fletcher Cox. Okay. Just laying hits. Yeah. So it can't be one that's played. I, there's that thing with Tredavious White though, is goalie school. Yeah. Yeah, with the Sabers. Yeah. Um, that's a tough question to be honest with you. Give me Otani. He probably just is good at everything. <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll go to he'll go to the uh, he'll go to the Kings. Yeah. Otani would probably be the first player to be a a, a skater goalie. But not not to mention too like that if you ever watch like goalies and warm ups like dude like player puck work like Mark Andre Fleury's yeah. got some of the nastiest hands. I've well, ever remember seen. that one? Uh, it was like an iPhone commercial with Fleury and Mark Stone with the iPhone. And, like Fleury's doing like figure skating tricks like in full goalie gear. Like he's just a gifted skater too. Yeah, goalies are usually pretty underrated yeah. athletes in general. Where yeah. the, the, if they wanted to skate out, they probably could not necessarily play in the NHL, but they could probably play yeah. pro somewhere. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, one more. I have, I have a critique about Webb and Yama with the photo okay. we took with Bedard. BMAC, did you have an answer? I do. Who you um, oh, shoot. Yeah, my bad. For some reason, the first name that came to my mind, I feel like would be perfect, is Max Crosby. I feel like he would uh, <laughs> pair up well with him. Yeah, he, you want a goon, that's your goon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Max Crosby's got too much swag to be on skates. <laughs> yeah, that's Eastern true. Michigan. Yeah. Action, baby. Yeah. Uh, would he wear sleeves? <laughs> no. Um, no chance. No, my, my idea, so you guys went the enforcer route. Uh, my idea was put Tyreek Hill on skates with his speed. I mean, maybe it'd just be like Andreas the Fantasia where he might not be able to finish some of these plays, but just <laughs> still, you get him up the ice, just hit him on a long stretch pass. I mean, who's Wait, keeping up with him? Was this an athlete to play hockey or to train Webb and Yama? To play to hockey. To train an uh, athlete to play hockey. I, I asked oh, where if... Too, with I thought it was specifically Webb and Yama. Oh, yeah, I, I'd probably go... Where you'd want to put him, too. I guess I did ask that as well, yeah. No, that's... It's... I don't, I'm not going to change my answer because I still think Otani would just be yeah. nails at whatever he yeah. does, but... Um, no, it's, I like that. I like Max Crosby. Yep. I think J.J. Watt could train Max Crosby. <laughs> yeah. Player. yeah. That video of Max Crosby is so funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
You know, did you see it? The one of him with the cigar on uh, Thursday no, Night Football? No, that was, okay, that that, was that's not the one I'm talking about, okay. but that was insane. Yeah. <laughs> when he just ghost inhaled <laughs> right. the cigar, like that dude is... That dude is something. That's a, that's a fat human, too. You know, he, was <laughs> he, would, too. he would be a superstar <laughs> in that Richard Mendenhall Bowl. <laughs> yeah. He would be unreal. Um, but back to my quick comment on Webinar, right. it's not too big of a point, but uh, brother, learn how to sign a jersey. Yeah, like, it was just kind of a squiggly God. line. So well, it's not just how bad the autograph was. It's like those pens are designed to sign on the printed numbers, and he signed it on the cloth part of the jersey. So Dard gave him like a sick jersey to sign. And like Bedard signed it super well, signed it on the numbers, and Webb and Yama just like on the clock just puts yeah. like W. I, I like that it was like a game issue jersey too. Like so, it's like the size of Connor Bedard too. Like they just didn't grab one like out of the team store. Like you know, if you're gonna frame it or whatever, like doesn't really matter what the size is. But uh, that's like an authentic one. Like that's one you'd actually wear. That was kind of funny. Like the jersey being the size of Connor. Do you know whose stick uh, Webb and Yama used? Maybe Vlasic or Crevier. It was Crevier. Okay. And I wonder too, like. Very different, but uh, kind of funny connection there. Just Webb and Yama being French, and Crevier's from Quebec City, French Canadian. Yeah. I wonder if like Crevier was like, let him keep the stick or something. It's like Webb and Yama's like, I'm good. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're nobody, uh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't yeah. know. Just I, I think I think I thought maybe they had a leftover Victor Svedberg stick. Or I think it will be much cooler seeing Caleb Williams with Connor Bedard next season, like doing some photo shoots. Caleb Williams is not going to be a bear. Well, they did the. And the Bears did the uh, outing to the United Center over the summer, and Justin Fields talked about it. He did play a little bit of organized hockey growing up in Georgia, but it was like too expensive, or like it just wasn't uh, for him. But that is interesting to think. That, like, that's a scary thought. Fields playing hockey. Yeah, dude, he'd be um, nuts. Yeah, because I th- like uh, we had a similar discussion uh, at the score that week. Like, which Bears player would you put on the Bulls or the Hawks? And uh, I think yeah, it was similar ideas. Like, let's grab a. For the Bulls, grab, like, DJ Moore or someone, but then for the Hawks, grab, like, uh, put Yannick Ngakwe or whoever <laughs> else. I mean, Montez Sweat, not, like, put them on skates. But, uh, yeah, it, I thought, whatever, bring the full conversation circle. I thought it was a cool thing the NHL did, getting these More of two, that, please. Yes. Yeah, Cross-sport recognition. Because you think about, you know, the, the NBA, NFL, like, you know who all the guys are. You know who, like, the best players on the Trailblazers are or the or – the, Thunder players in small markets, but the NHL sometimes they struggle to market the players in the premier markets too, much less the small ones. So that uh, you have a uh, hopefully a future young star in Bedard in a big market that they can continue to put him up there with some of the top faces in the other leagues. That could be uh, hopefully there's a lot more of that to come in future years. And our before we completely move on from the Avalanche game, I feel like this is the best time. You gotta. <laughs> Oh, Miles Wood. To Miles a minute. Uh, Miles Wood had quite an interesting game against Chicago. Uh, 16 pims. Sweet. Oh, wow. um, Balling out for the boys. Yeah, so that's... What did he get? I'm trying to do the math on that. Because he got... he got <laughs> the way he got eight penalties. He, right? got, he got a tenner. Yeah, he got yeah. a game misconduct. So, it, was it a two and ten and then just got four other penalty minutes? Sure. That's a weird number of pims. Box score. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Miles Wood against Chicago, uh, 16 penalty minutes. He was a minus two on the night. The game before against San Jose, he had a goal. Uh, good for him there. Still four penalty minutes, so Miles Wood is... Cleaning up, Miles. Yeah. Um, and then they played two nights ago, 
or I guess, I don't know when you're listening to this, December 21st they play it. No points in that one. Uh, He did have four shots on goal. And he had 15.49 time on ice, which I think is his season high. There you go. All right. So Miles getting rewarded for... Miles for 15 minutes. Yeah. There we go. That was... Almost 16. Our weekly recap of what kind of week it has been for young Miles Wood and his contract. Uh, So, yeah, now we go from the Avalanche game. We had a man in the stands at the Blackhawks-Canadians game. Brendan McInerney was our correspondent at the United Center on Friday nights. Brendan, take us through your game night experience. <laughs> Routine, did you do a pregame meal? Where did you eat? Did you wait to eat at the stadium? How did that go? Um, did you, yeah, where where did your night start? Of course. Now, I'll give you the full fan experience. And I had to write down a few notes because I knew once I hit the post-game after, so it would, uh, I'd, I'd lose it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Luckily, the notes have uh, saved me this morning. Perfect. Um, yeah, did do a little pregame. Hit Rick and Benny's for a pregame awesome. meal. Nice. Um, elite breaded steak sandwich. Okay. It was just a battle not to get that delicious red sauce on my Brandon Sod jersey. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, that was the, the tough the part. The breaded steak, one of the best sandwiches in the city, but it is like you, you got to make a commitment with that because that can be a messy sandwich. Definitely. Um, like that's sometimes better postgame than pregame. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah it probably should have been the move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then getting to the UC, you know, I walk in there, and first jersey I see was a Tyson Bajan jersey. Um, <laughs> that was uh, tough. Couldn't help but laugh, though. Yeah. Um, that's Chicago sports. For He's you. a folk hero. <laughs> um, honestly, 20,000-plus fans in the UC last night. I thought it was impressive, so yeah. shout-out Blackhawks fans for that. Boys were buzzing. Canadian Boys fans buzzing. do come out in full force in big markets, though, too. <laughs> that's true. They do, especially for baseball. Specifically, Toronto Blue Jays fans. Yeah, um, but yeah, I remember was, we were at that uh, the yeah. Sox Blue Jays game a couple of years ago, and there were all those Toronto right. people. Um, yeah, no, they they do travel pretty well. So Canadian, and I feel like the original six thing too. Like people like to travel for that too. Whenever an original six team is town, you do see a lot of other like team fans. Right, and I should say, like as Blackhawks fans, I feel like uh, we kind of sometimes take for granted like the amount of jerseys that you can wear that would be socially acceptable because like row in front of me it was uh Jalmerson, Shaw, Seabrook, Keith. Yeah. I didn't see one other Habs jersey other than Cole Caulfield. Yeah, like there's a lot of good options. <laughs> right. Suzuki's? No. Only Caulfield. No Kirby mm-hmm. Docks. They were auctioning off a Blackhawks Kirby Doc jersey though last yeah, night. Hold on to that one. Strategic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, like uh seeing like who the the old gear they're getting rid of. Um because like I stopped at the Blackhawks store, we'll get into why later for the gift exchange. But uh, and they had, they still had the Nicholas Bodan jersey up for sale. That's been there since summer. Uh, they had a Vinny Hinnestrosa number twenty eight. Oh, that's then, awesome. Uh, a Ryan Carpenter jersey up too. <laughs> like deuces. Like Dude, all I, the game worn uh, merch that they sell like at the front of. The I want store. that Vinny Hinnestrosa jersey <laughs> so bad. It, it was still like the price might have still been like a thousand bucks. Jeez. That's wild. Uh, you can literally buy right, like yeah. a signed Bedard jersey online for a thousand bucks. Why would you buy a Hinnestrosa jersey? Because he won in the sick. game against the Stars or someone. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Brennan, back to your game. But it is a really good point. Sorry to cut you off though about Hawks jerseys because 
I think we talked about it at the opener. Like, you can't go wrong with, like, any player from that dynasty era, just, like, anyone who was on a cup team. Like, you mentioned you were in a Brandon Saad jersey. Right. Like, I'd respect a Kruger jersey, yeah. to be honest with you. No, no, yeah, I, like, I wanted, any of those guys. I wanted a Marcus Kruger jersey so bad when I was a kid. <laughs> and my parents would Joe, do Joey's it. a weird jersey guy, too. Like, that's I did, just... I, goes, I, I, like, I, what, you got, like, an Alejandro de Aza White Sox jersey. You have a Richard Ponacox jersey. I like, do. One of those things is correct. That's a little too counterculture for my yeah. taste. I have my, my Richard Ponick and my Dylan Strome. Because <laughs> um, usually, like, that's my go-to. Like, when my family asks me, they're like, yeah. what do you want for Christmas? I, I always go to a jersey because I can't think of anything else. This year, I asked for a Timu Solani. Oh, okay. Um, well, one, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan yeah, at heart. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I don't want to get uh, one of the young bucks <laughs> on the Hawks without a letter. Oh, okay. Because I feel like that's coming in the near future. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't want it to look super dated, I yeah. guess. No, that's that's interesting. Like my rule of thumb with jerseys was always I only got players like that had won a cup already. Like I was cautious for Panera and cautious for to break it. Like so I got like I got multi- two hosas, like a Sharp, Keith, um, Kane and Taves, but like uh, I just feel like any like Shaw's, Jalmerson's, like even like a Dave Bolin jersey would be kind of sick. I have too. a like, Dave Bolin anyone jersey. Anyone from those teams, it's so cool to look back on. Like yeah, it's like championship teams. They they carry that distinction forever. Like you could wear, you know, if I saw someone wearing a, a Neil Cotts White Sox jersey, <laughs> like, hey, he was a reliever on the 05 team. Like, <laughs> I respect that. I'm guessing like Scott Pesednik's got. Be I mean, that's a, that's very a popular he's a one. cult hero in right. Chicago. Oh, yeah. Like uh, him, him and Joe Creedy. Like you yeah. see a lot of those. <clears throat> like Mike Massey talks about it. Like uh, he talked about it on the score all the time. Like. Uh, second baseman for the uh, Royals and fellow Brother Ice alum, that he wore his Scott Pinsetting jersey until literally the buttons popped off because it was like a youth jersey, but he continued wearing it like oh, until yeah. like he couldn't yeah. wear it anymore. And that's why he wears his eye black the way he does. Like, Pinsetting's like a, a legend <laughs> in the South Side. Scotty Paz and Joe Creedy are like the guys your Little League coach tells you, like, you want to play baseball <laughs> yeah. professionally, you want to keep growing your game, yeah. watch these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those guys play the game the right way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we totally cut off your no, no, no problem. Um, so get into the game a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I think it was like peak, peak 2023 Chicago Blackhawks, considering we gave this guy some love earlier. But Colin Blackwell is probably your player of the game. (laughs) Um, and I'm convinced like he'd be that guy, um, like the fourth line gritty type guy you'd absolutely love as a fan, like on your team for a playoff. Team, yeah, I just say not, not for the twenty twenty three Chicago Blackhawks, yeah, yeah. but um, for a playoff team. Um, Bedard picked up an assist. Um, Denial got the first goal. I thought, I mean, once Bedard shows out, it's like, all right, it's worth, home. it's worth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go home, it's worth paying. Yeah, I wonder how many people were headed to the parking lot after that one. <laughs> after that, and it was like six minutes in the first period. So, and there were still people leaving after that. Once Bedard <laughs> picked up his first goal, um, I know you talked about it earlier, but. Reichel Kershaw didn't make much of an impact on the ice. They're kind of <laughs> kind of ghosts out there, which uh, yeah, and that's maybe the theme with Lucas Reichel is if how he can string those consistent good efforts together, and maybe back to that Troy Murray point, like when he's playing against a good team like the Avalanche, and even I mentioned the Panther game earlier in the year, like he plays well against some good teams, but then it's how do you bring that effort against a bad team? I, we, with the team I'm coaching, we're dealing with that too now. Sometimes when we play bad teams, we play down to that level. We think it's you know maybe too easy or you take a night off, but you still have to practice those same habits against the bad teams too. And that's just uh, 
part of becoming a pro and we'll see see how he gets there if he gets there so defensively <laughs> gotta give credit to a guy isaac phillips i hope i'm Dude, getting his I, name right i love <laughs> isaac phillips i've been yeah. on this since before the season started i yeah. love that guy he had a great game last well, year. He did. i i think funny enough too so him and wyatt kaiser started the year together kyatt weiser and kyatt weiser um and I thought Kaiser was the better defenseman. I wasn't impressed with Phillips, yeah. and I think it's done a complete 180. Well, because Phillips was in the A to start the year too, right? Like correct. He, he, you know, was maybe on the outside. You know, a bubble player, one of the last guys cut, and then he's kind of, you know, maybe took that personally, made the Hawks pay for that a little bit. Like you leave him off the opening day roster, but now he's, you know, stepped up. Was it that, way. or just the? All all important uh, development down in Rockford that really got his game to where it needed to be. <laughs> the, well, that extra two weeks of, of eating beefaroo in Rockford really made the difference for him. Well, I think the most impressive part about his game is I love his offensive instincts, and then his breakout passes are just the two things that I think are really yeah, like what he looks, the Hawks the with the puck. The Hawks um, got too. a couple of young defensemen who can really move the puck forward. Yeah. Like Phillips and Vlasic are the two guys yeah. who like you watch them and they're finding they're going like three line passes. And we've talked about it with Vlasic too. Like he's not a like he's not a traditional puck mover like he, he's he's a redwood out there but he can he's not afraid to, when he's in trouble just skate the puck a little bit and open stuff up it, it looks weird when he skates it but like i like that he has that presence of mind just to when all else feels skate with it a little bit and let something open up like i think he's got better instincts with the puck than maybe he was originally scouted to have um uh, despite his large like i just love watching him skate the puck because it looks so funny with a big guy like that hauling with a puck but uh no i think some of the the Hawks do have some more offensive-minded young defensemen than maybe we originally thought. These guys have some good instincts, which is big because the Hawks haven't drafted and developed a defenseman since Chalmerson, Keith, and Seabrook, really. So let's well, the, hope that keeps uh, trending upward. The theme with um, the this Blackhawks team, and especially the D-Core, uh, well, and just in general with Davidson's drafts, is skating. Like, these are talented yeah, skaters. Yeah. Kind of, I think Phillips and Korch both have kind of interesting strides but they move they they can get up in the play they open up lanes they jump into offensive rushes so yeah definitely uh something that we were going to want to see continue and cycle and, out and players that, that, like that's a good you know every gm has like things they hyper focus on things they love in a player like good skating is a good thing to to value <laughs> i have yeah. no no qualms with that mr McInerney, back to you of course um so yeah, just want to give uh, Phillips his credit. Yeah. Because uh, I believe last night was his first Niking, like first pair of minutes with Connor Murphy. So oh, nice. good for him. He deserved yeah. that. And he was he was what a seventh round pick too. So you know a guy like that just to see him get first pair of minutes right. in the NHL like nothing's guaranteed for a guy like that. Former Sudbury Wolf. Right. Oh yeah. Sudbury. Sudbury Saturday Nights. Yeah. yeah. Sudbury's <laughs> Blueberry Bulldog. There's, yeah. There you go. There's an unreal amount of hot women in Sudbury. <laughs> and, and un, yeah, unbelievable amount. Yeah. All right. Oh. So, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Matthew McConaughey, he's a longhorn. We don't respect that. Uh, no. But, yeah, so you give Phillips his credit. But also, Isaac Phillips is your first pair of teammates. And I, that's a big yikes. Like, yeah. I'm convinced, like, if Austin Matthews faced this Blackhawks decor every single game, he'd be on pace for about. 50 talks before Jesus' birthday right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's bad. Um, brutal watch, like you said. But 
Connor Bedard being there, absolutely electric. And I mean, he's the sole reason why there was 20,000 plus yeah. at the UC last night, which is great to see. Great to see Blackhawks fans supporting the team in terrible year. You're telling me that the fans weren't there to watch Uri Slavkovsky? Who, oh, he actually did another number one overall pick, yeah. Might you, have been a few. They did, they did, it was like all-time mean graphic. They put up the the stat comparisons between Bedard and Slavkovsky. Has he already passed up his career point total? Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, do you think Canadians fans just have, like, an incredible amount of resentment I mean, towards that, Hawks fans? I, probably, probably, but, like, it's hard to be mad at Slavkovsky because, like, it, that was not a draft where you had yeah, a guy. Well, he was... He kind of had a guy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that right, is that guy? <laughs> See, but I and where the guy was, Shane Wright... The best player from that draft is looking like it's going to be either Logan Cooley or Simone Nemec. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Shane Wright might just be a different problem. <laughs> like we. Well, I, I think a good example too, not to segue to a different like team. They're, like give these prospects some time, and same with Lucas Reichel. I think Gabe Velarde is a great example of a, of a prospect who looked like he could have been a bust and is now coming into his own in the NHL. Shout out Joey's Jets, but he's been <laughs> a, a, an absolute magnum opus for uh, Kevin Chevel Day off in that Pierre Luc Dubois trade. And Pierre Luc Dubois is kind of floundering right now. So yeah. yeah. But anyway, back to the Hawks game. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we talked about. The Hawks' good parts. Oh, well, um, there's another. Jason Dickinson hit his career high in goals with 10. That was, I saw He's that. He's having him, himself a year. <laughs> I saw that stat after the game. They were doing, uh, whoever was talking to him in the scrum afterwards, and he was cranky. Yeah, he, was cranky yeah, he, he took a page out of the Felino but, playbook. I, let me pull out the exact yeah. quote because it was. But he is he's looking like a beautiful trade deadline yeah. piece. So, yeah, here, here's Dickinson's exact quote, which I thought was interesting because my. my gripe with Felino and all his you know uh media hearings is that it's always like he doesn't he's these are pointed comments but you don't always really know who they're at and like we thought maybe it's the young guys but he doesn't flat out say it which is the only thing with him too but Dickinson said who he was complaining about basically the execution isn't there all the time it comes with being a young team but at a certain point you just have to figure it out. It's as simple as it's simple as that. You either figure it out or you don't, and the time will tell whether what we're doing here is working. I, I thought that was fairly him calling out some of the young guys. I, I yeah. think that's fair to say. Um, Fuck you, Lucas Reichel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like if the if the Hawks, you know, leaders like like Dickinson or Felino, like the veterans who are in elevated roles, maybe beyond where they should be, like if they're having to call out the young guys, maybe. Is that a testament on one their leadership or two? Does that mean maybe maybe the kids know they're not going to be around here when it matters? Like there's a little disrespect almost. Yeah, like I wonder how that's going. Like, oh, great, this old guy, the bald guy's talking again about effort. Like all right, all right tell us about the war, Grandpa. Yeah, ah, I, Dickinson's going to look really good in a Maple Leafs jersey when they lose no, to Tampa no, no. in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came back around. You were like, oh, here's Dane with the Leafs, but yeah. let's let's be real. It's yeah, gonna be, it's, he's not going to. Could be could get another. Maple Leafs pick out of that. Yeah, like, no, I mean the Hawks got a second round pick just to take him off the books from Vancouver. So like, that's incredible. Imagine what you can get with him, uh, get for him now that he's having a career year. Yeah, could be fun. I think you're gonna get some chicken and uh, chicken is second and third round picks, just mi- middle. <laughs> okay, middle. Like it, no one complains about it. Yeah, but people are. It's excited to have. Like when you trade, like we we traded a fifth for Bavillier. We're not gonna miss that fifth yeah. round pick, especially when we have as much draft capital that we have now. But we're probably gonna get yeah. something back for Dickinson. You'll probably get another 
roster player like Sam Lafferty-esque that you're going to prop up, make look good, and then trade the following season while you start cycling those players out with some of your younger talent and some free agent signings. And and we've talked about it the past couple shows, but Davidson seems to be good at identifying, like, bottom six, like these grinder Reclamation projects, Yeah, like a Dickinson or a Lafferty or... Maybe even a Beauvillier, like I think he he knows how to find guys like that. So it's not like you you don't have to worry. Oh, if we trade Jason Dickinson, like or how we're we gonna find another player like him? There's a lot of players in the league like him. Speaking and, speaking of Beauvillier, yeah, here we go. Speaking of Beauvillier, I want to go back to Mr. McInerney, who was in the building last night. <sighs> I was gonna ask him. Uh, what was the reaction to the <laughs> to the goal that wasn't a goal from Beauvillier, the backhander that it was? Who was the guy in net? He's a guy that and whistle beat up later in the game. Was it Jesse Olinen? No, it was some um, like sounded like an American name. Jacob Evans? No. They, I'll be honest with you. There's some no namers on Montreal too. Right. But he stuffed the net. I was watching that. I text. I texted uh, our chat, our our Blackhawks fans. You know, the four of us and our the lovely Joe Kennedy. And I believe I just said, "Ain't no way." Right. Uh, and- what was, what was the crowd reaction? Uh, so the cool thing is, from my perspective, I was in section 120, so I was like right on the line. Damn, um, those are nice seats. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, so good thing Bedard did his thing. Otherwise, I would never go to Blackhawks game again. <laughs> <laughs> but for, so from my perspective, um, it was pretty easy to see it did not cross the goal line. Now everybody else in the UC was going crazy, like it was <laughs> Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, they thought for sure it went in. Um, but uh, no, that was actually a, a cool experience, cool place seeing that. But um, not even that, because like you were saying, who I'm trying to remember who was actually in the net, because it like first hit him in the chest, I believe, or the the stomach. It looked like he, I mean, he had half his ass in the, in the net already, so I thought for sure across. But um, yeah, one of the one of those that just hit both pipes, stayed on that red line, and did not cross. I got see now I gotta find it. No, I'm I'm looking at the box score too. I, <laughs> um, um, oh, it was uh, Jaden Struble. It was, it was Struble. All right. So good, good, good for him. The young buck uh, putting in some plays. Yeah. Here, here are just some names that was in Montreal's roster. Uh, I know I mentioned Yessi Olinen, uh, Heineman. Sounds like a good beer. Um, Kovacevic, Kovacevic, and Struble. And they started uh, former USA World Junior goaltender Caden Primo. So those are those are guys that we will probably you'll probably never see in the NHL again. So you got to see one of their few games. That's that's quite the privilege. You you can say you were there for the Jaden Struble game. That's right. Had a big block shot and fought Mackenzie Entwistle. That's as good as it gets for him. She got his autograph after. <laughs> <laughs> BMX waiting out by the parking lot. <laughs> Slavkovsky actually had a pretty good game too, with the with the Barry and he he's not a very great skater, but like watching him with the puck, like he's yeah. he's got some potential. And once he kind of figures out how to use his body positioning as an advantage, I think he could play like a Chris Kreider yeah. or Jamie Benn. Yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. What I'd yeah. love for to happen with him is for you know the Montreal media, the fans, they run him out of town after like three years. But then he goes somewhere else and just tears it up. Like, he goes to the Flyers or, like, Ducks or wherever and just becomes a star. And, like, oh, Montreal had him, and then they lost. And, like, they deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I voiced my my resentment for the Canadians before on this podcast. Like, they have all these cups. They have everything. Back when there were only six team, teams in the league, and they got the first pick of all the, the good players in Quebec. So, like, 
Canadians, they deserve like uh, to, sh- to have some struggles too. Well, it's interesting too because you're already starting an uphill battle in <laughs> Quebec when you're not not only Canadian but not French Canadian, and yeah. then you go with a European. Like right, you're gonna yeah, be... so like they're probably already like they screwed this him guy. already. So um, yeah, but so in conclusion, Bedard did some cool. Hawks gave up five unanswered goals. Not as cool. Good night at the United Center for one Brendan McInerney. So let's maybe move this thing along because we're we, we're about. 45 minutes in already and we still got some ground to cover yeah um do we want to get into a little bit of patrick kane with the red wings um him and the brinket dane had some thoughts about that or yeah i mean it hasn't sorry i'm I'm guess i'm not dane (laughs) well but no go ahead it hasn't been good so far the patrick kane experience in detroit um i feel like it's not on him it's it's not not on him him, and he's getting a lot of hate stats on him though yeah but the the team since he's joined has not been operating as well as they were before um which is interesting and i don't know how much of it is on kane himself and just like i'm gonna go with zero percent of it yeah it but it it is it is interesting because they're what now one in six they picked up their second oh, last so night. they're two two and six with yeah. them in the line it's like now? two six and one so let me let me let me break it down a little bit for you because obviously I, I think playing devil's advocate for the red wings you had dylan larkin who had that scary injury that he came back from about i think he's been back for about one or two games now and then you had the david perron suspension from that so you're missing yeah. two of your top six forwards and patrick keen's been averaging about 19 minutes of ice time on the red wings Brother, if you're leaning on a 35-year-old... Coming off hip surgery. To save your season, you're doing A hip surgery that, like, other guys have retired because of. Yeah. But you look at, too, Kane in his last three games has seven points. He had three games, three points uh, against Philly last or on uh, Friday night. He had two points against Joey's Jets and then two points against the Ducks. Like, I think he's hitting that stride. He's still Patrick Kane. uh, Yeah, he had the shootout winner the other uh, on Friday night, too, like... Yeah, it's it's just the Red Wings are in an odd spot, but uh, what I don't think the issue is their forward group. Like, no, I think their forward no, group I mean, is... we talked about it in the preseason preview. Like this blue line is uh, as I'm pulling up. Like you're counting on some some bad players and maybe elevated roles like Justin Hall, Shane Gostisbehere on the first pairing. Like Carolina used him more as like a gadget player buried in that lineup. Now you're using him higher up. Uh, Jeff Petrie on your second pair. Like that might have been a good in like 2015 but even then he was kind of I thought Gosses Beer was uh, Arizona he the Carolina trade for him uh, he's been playoffs a, he's uh, been an absolute yeah suitcase I still remember him as a flyer Ghost, <laughs> Ghost Bear baby yeah uh, Ole Mata on your third pair oh. that, that's an upset uh, former Blackhawk <laughs> Blackhawk's legend but so yeah, we knew like the defense and the goaltending was kind of going to kind of be the problem uh, well, what's weird too is you like so with Vili Huso and Alex Lyon both hurt. Their two goalies are Michael Hutchinson, Hutchinson and James Reimer, uh, both Leafs legends. Uh, and yeah, that's probably going pretty well. Like that's Kane has three points, but Detroit still goes to a shootout in a six-six uh, win, and they blow a five-one lead. Win, yeah. Like and actually a game that the Flyers, Carter Hart lost in that game on a terrible goal given up below the goal line but the 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 real story is the wings blowing a 5-1 lead and then they they do bounce back but this team they they have their issues and one a move last season that didn't make too much sense to me was trading philip ronick for a a first to vancouver and now philip ronick has been i feel like when they made that move everybody was praising like oh eyes are playing like this draft first round picks matter so much like but they're still at the point where like you kind of still need guys like we're trading players that can help for picks maybe they're past that i well, i don't know it's i feel like now it's 
you, you could use that where yeah for like getting extra first round picks and a loaded draft like last year probably did help but to an extent like you still have to like that might have been a guy you would want to hold on to i just feel like the red wings are stuck in a point where they've got a pretty solid roster yeah. when it comes to depth but the issue is when it comes to playoff time depth doesn't necessarily win you it it wins you the third the cup yeah. it gets you in the third and fourth round first couple rounds is where the stars take over and yeah. you, you get your your matthew kachucks just carrying the carrying games you got your matthews and marner who i know they finally got over the hump but you've got your <laughs> posternak and yeah. marshans it, it those are, yeah that's the time when you expect your star players to yeah. play like star players and now you've got yeah because then teams adjust then they figure out how to game plan to stop those guys and then in the later rounds that's where depth wins because it's and how can you use your roster to to out coach and and make those adjustments as it, it's a war of attrition. Yeah, and, and, and looking at it too, I talked before the show comparing it to a Blackhawks team of the past because the first line is literally Larkin, Kane, Debrinket, and it's like, is that all that different from throwing out Strom, Kane, and Debrinket three years ago? And it was probably better versions of of Kane and Debrinket. Maybe not Debrinket. He's he's aged like a fine wine. He's been pretty good, but. Aged the guy's like twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's old for me. I Dane. think he might be younger. He's twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you're guys <laughs> got if you're rolling that out, trying to be a difference, like the it feels like the wings have taken a lot of the Blackhawks sloppy seconds. And they're trying to like make it into this contending roster, and I just feel like in the East that's got so much talent that if Detroit somehow does squeak in the playoffs, because they're not, I don't see them winning their division, but they're gonna have to match up against a team like the Leafs or the Bruins or very scarily the Lightning. Like even with the Lightning having some injuries, they've got enough talent on that roster. Like, I still fear them a little bit. Like respect them. Like I think Elliot Friedman says. Um, no one wants to be the fool that bets against the yeah. lightning. Yeah, like we I, we talked about a few, maybe in the season preview, like with teams like that have had success like that, like you still see the uniform, you see Kucher, obviously, Hadman, you see those guys, like you think, oh no, like that's, you still fear them because well, it's, and still it's playoffs the, against the lightning. It's like, you know, they, they've been there, they've done it before. And still on the end of their championship window, yeah. where this is supposed to be the opening or middle of the Red Wings championship window, I look at the Lightning's roster construction, I'm like, that's a better team. Yeah. Like, straight up. So I just don't... I'm not buying it's, into the Iser plan right now. I mean, now. the Red Wings are at a point right now where this was... Like, this see, this season is kind of the launching off point for them. I feel like this is the first season where they've kind of had real expectations because a lot of their young guys are getting into that that prime yeah. right now where you can compete and you still have them for good money. Um, but yeah, we... Leo started the segment with it. The defense is an issue. Yeah. And if you want to address that at the trade deadline, like there's time to do that, and there are guys out there who are going to be available. They don't have much cap space to work with, though, I, too. I know. So it's like <laughs> you've got to start. It does bring a smile to your face, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> you've just. Um, you, well, because my, my whole. Sorry to cut you off, Joe. My whole yeah. beef with the Iser players, like everybody, like, oh, Iser players, every move they make, people like overhype it, just like. I don't know why, because, like, they want to say they, they called it when he did it. Like, it reminds me of, like, Theo Epstein at the end of uh, his run with the Cubs, like, when he's trying to, like, turn Tyler Chatwood into a, a big-time starter, or they're Brandon Morrow always getting hurt, like, or they're picking up just guys off the scrap heap, Jason Kipnis, and people are like, oh, Theo knows what he's doing, trust him, it's his league, and these signings don't work. I feel like we're getting some of that same hype with Iserman with every move he makes. And like, oh, wait, this guy didn't work out in, like, two other places. Why is he all of a sudden going to put it together here? Like, whatever. 
I, I, if I'm, I'm sick of it. If I'm in the East, I'm not scared of seeing the Red Wings. No. That's it, a team I would like to face in the playoffs. So yeah. you're saying Dylan Larkin is not that guy? I think that's one of the – I think there's two – they have three dudes and then a lot of guys that are overpaid for what they should be doing. Yeah. I like Larkin. I like Raymond. I like Sider. That's the only parts of their roster. Like Dabrinkit. I like Dabrinkit. Like, I like him. He's a passenger. Um, I don't – I wouldn't say that. Dane, Dane has been on this take for he, look years. At, even before Kane was there, he was still playing pretty well. And Larkin, Larkin was Larkin was in and out of the lineup too. He's been banged up this year. Well, I think when Larkin was out of the lineup, that's when Debrinkit went from being the NHL's leading scorer to to less than a point wow. a game. So that's that's just He's my thirty one points in thirty three games. It's less than a point per game, but I, still I like Debrinkit. I think he. I there's such thing as good passengers, but I think you see with just adding Kane though, it's elevated Debrinkit's game. Playing with Larkin is elevated Debrinkit's game. He was expected to drive his line in Ottawa. He really wasn't capable of doing that, and I think Debrinkit is a great hired gun. And he is one of those rare guys that can score you 40 or, or 50 goals in a great season. But it's like Chris Kreider in New York. Second Chris Kreider mentioned in this yeah. episode. But it's like no one's saying Chris Kreider was the guy in New York. He got to play with players like Zabinijad. And, and, but anyway, that doesn't mean Kreider's a bad player. Yeah. It just means that he needs proponents to add to his success. I just think the Brinkett's got better playmaking abilities than he gets credit for. Like everybody calls him as a shooter. But like he, he had what? 30-something assists last year, 35, or wait, no, that was uh, with the Hawks. He had 39 assists last year, 37 the year before. He's got 16 this year, so he's just a shooter. Like, I, I think he gets he drives play better than he gets credit. Almost, it just looks a little different. That's almost 40 assists with a bad Senators yeah. team. So like, he wasn't scoring last mm, to year. Call them, well. To call them bad? Mediocre. Was, uh, they, yeah, were, mediocre. They, were, they were a good Midland offensive team. team. Yeah. 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 They they were a bad team in the sense of competing and, and making the playoffs. They had great offensive numbers last year. I mean, you had Timmy Stutzla that almost had 100 points. You had Brady Kachuk covering around 90. Like, it wasn't an issue. Like, it's almost an indictment on DeBrinkit that it's like, those are the numbers you put up on a team that did not care about defense whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 66 points in 82 games. Like, that's fourth on the teams. So the Claude who had 79 last year. Him. Jeez. Um, is he? Did he retire? Is he still? No, he's, no, he's still, still kicking. Still the okay, Jinx. Um, guess, yeah. Guess Dan and I have to kiss after this. Uh, <laughs> we also can't can't speak until someone says your name three times. All right, come on. Let's. We're keep doing it a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Do we want to quick while we're talking about Ottawa? DJ Smith gone. See you later. Yeah. yeah. Pack your bags, buddy. You're yeah. Not good. Ottawa's bad. Was the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. yeah, I think we should. Uh, in the next couple episodes, since there's been so many coaching firings in the in the carousel i think and we talked we, about one of them but then that episode got lost yeah forever, so, so I, I think we should at like middle of the season break down kind of the replacement we could talk about like all five firings that have happened and then touch maybe a little bit on um yeah. columbus and how the, their coaches has fared and he, he's yeah. he's dealt with some tough player situations already this season and i think they're faring okay but and uh, just the weird thing with ottawa is that they replace dj smith with Jacques martin who was the senator's coach from 95 to 04 that's just old boys that always club, goes well yeah and and the big thing daniel alfred's it officially on the bench i All swear right. to god if jeremy calton ever <laughs> ends up back on the blackhawks bench <coughs> he's gonna get an nhl job at some point and it's gonna be hilarious yeah. uh, i hope he'll, he'll be like a fill-in like after someone gets fired yeah like, uh, be like, not a full-time job, but he'll be a, like a mid-season Mad respect to fun. Derek King for being like one of those rare interim coaches that just takes an emotion with the yeah, team. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I forget when they show him on the bench sometimes. Like, oh, yeah, he, he's still here. He's just a good vibe. Yeah. Right? Like, that was the perfect guy to just 
be like, hey guys, it's yeah, okay. I was, and he was the perfect guy. Walter White lookalike. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he, like, I mean, replacing Jeremy Colton was not a hard job. Like, no. that's a very low bar to clear. Yeah. But he, you know, he, like, he did it so well. And he was so well liked by fans and media. And players. Yeah. The players and, like, loved him. Everybody loved Derek King that when they brought in, uh, they brought in Richardson, they're like, well, we might as well just, yeah. like, the fans like him, like yeah, the players yeah. like him. Keep him around, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah that was interesting. He's, he's a good locker room guy. Yeah, good, good vibes room. guy. Great <laughs> vibes guy. Huge spark after Colton was fired. Oh, they, yeah. they, they strung together like two or three games at a point. Yeah, which was hilarious too, <laughs> because it was like you could just tell watching the first couple games no, after they Colton hated that got guy. fired. Yeah. Like, if somebody took the shackles off. Yeah. Um, all right, so that was Ottawa Senators. Um, right. Do is we it, want to get into Is the, it Christmas time? Yeah, Joey's all oh, excited for Christmas. Wonderful Christmas So we, we poised this a few weeks ago. We were going to do a podcast gift exchange. Sorry, Brennan, I, I forgot to get you. So no I'll just judge all your gifts. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy you um, breakfast there is, or something after. There's, there's beer in the fridge upstairs if you want. If what you kind want. of <laughs> Hams? No, no hams. Uh-huh. We've got Blackhawks IPA? We do have a lot of Blackhawks IPA. I'm not a fan. Which of is just the White Sox IPA, but they just but changed the can. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. Um, can we, real quick, I'm so sorry, talking about Goose Island and the White Sox. Sure. Uh, I missed the Goose. Oh, that, that was in, when the decline started, when they got rid of yeah. the Goose and switched to Miller Lite. Yeah, they, yeah that's, that was, that's, that's a of, Milwaukee thing. Like The Goose is perfect for Chicago. Miller's. I don't know if you guys have ever been to like the Goose Island Brewery here. I have not. No. It's a fun time. Like, I... The guy Emma took me there uh, for one of my birthdays, and I got absolutely blitzed. Brewers are just are <laughs> well, BMX uh, Revolution guy, right? That's where your family ties are right now. Yeah, with Kevin and everything. Do have a, a cousin who delivers beer for Revolution? Yeah. I've got a I've couple got, cases. I've got a Revolution LED sign down there. Yeah, there They're you big, go. Like, great logo. Great logo. Yeah, Fist City. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, what, were, what were the parameters for this given okay, chance? So, it had to be so hockey-related and under $15. It had to be funny for the podcast, like funny or fitting for the podcast, and then under or around 15 With shipping, I spent more than 15 but the actual gifts themselves okay. were... Like, I did not fit the parameters whatsoever. God this was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the money, I didn't go... I didn't ball out for you guys, but... There, it's kind of it's podcast adjacent because of a character we mention all the time, and one of our biggest fans of the podcast. It's the Hornstonator. It's oh, no. it. This these gifts are themed for Blake Hornstein. <laughs> why would you? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I know he's listening, but like, like, I love you, buddy. But why? why? I don't know. That, that was, that's so. That's the one one of our friends who week in week out is listening to the podcast. I shouldn't. Yeah. He'll be a guest at some point. Yeah, we he's got him. He's okay. got great stuff. So how, how do we want to do this? Do we want to open Danes first? Yeah, or like everybody. Okay, so we'll just go around the horn. Whoever its turn is, you'll present the gifts you got for the other two. Okay. Should BMAC be like the gift runner too? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah that'll work. BMAC, I'll, I'll, mute, I'll meet your mic so you can him. set it down. So um, should, should we just want to kick it off, first one? Yeah, yeah, what do we got? So this one is to Leo from Some Reckoning. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's so. an inside joke that not everybody that listens would understand. There we go. I like I like the uh, so the nat a, sound of the presents. Too. It's in a red bag with a white ribbon on it. It's it looks well wrapped. Did your mom yeah. help you with that? Oh, They're very okay. easy. My mom gave me the packages, but those are super good and reusable too. So feel free to oh, re-gift nice. that I, too. I might, yeah. So so what are we rocking I here? I am a fan of the classic 
ripping gifts open. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, what is this? It is a it's green. green Bay Packers. Is this a number two? <laughs> <laughs> It is an Aaron Rodgers jersey. <laughs> that's good. They, that's, well, that's, that's so, good. And feel free like to do what you like. You can make like a like a voodoo doll, or oh, man, you can like that's alter funny. it to say Rodgers on it. Like you it, should you oh. should just roll up next next time next time we're hanging with Hornstein. Roll yeah, up. Oh, roll up to the. Function. I can't wear that on the south side, but I'll. I'll find <laughs> you can find fun stuff to do with it yeah. though too. Yeah, oh, Joey wants his. Joey really wants his. I got Emma a gift too. Yeah, she can and... she can get hers later. She's not a part of the. Pod. And so also too, I'm playing Joey in fantasy football this week, and my theme of his team is much better than mine. Mine's very banged up, but I'm never gonna say die. So mine is to Joey from Never Say Die. Never say die. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Any guesses? I have no clue. Okay, then I I I thought. Obviously, I know what the gift is, so I'm like, oh, he's going to know this right away, but... Never say die. Let's see. Definitely going to post on our Insta a picture that is very relevant to this Blake Hornstein-themed gift. <laughs> Damn, these are kind of hard to open. <laughs> I believe it's a shirt. What is this? Joey oh, is. Oh, hell yeah. Show it to the crowd. <laughs> Oh no! It's a way. Cobra Kai. Shirt. <laughs> Cobra Kai so, never say die. No mercy. So Dane really went all out yeah. on the Hornstein. And theme. backstory with our friend Blake Hornstein. He is a huge <laughs> Cobra Kai fan. And Blake, I, I I'm right there with you. Blake though was Johnny Lawrence for Halloween our senior year of college, and he'd still wear the Cobra Kai jacket out to the bars like after Halloween, which was a sick move. Yeah. Um, there was one time. Blake, he did not wear the Johnny Lawrence wig after Halloween, though. But there was one time when Blake came over. Um, he was staying the night here. I think one of the nights where we were like to get together watching football, and he came over, and so he's sleeping. We have like in the house, we've got like a back, uh, like it's a three seasons room kind of thing, um, and so we've got a little, we got the purple chaise out there, and. Uh, Blake slept on that and he didn't bring a change of clothes <laughs> to go back because he lives in the Quad Cities now so he didn't bring a change of clothes the only thing he had with him was the Cobra Kai costume <laughs> so he's leaving my house on a, on like a Friday morning when he's got to go back to work and he's just dressed up like Johnny Lawrence <laughs> Absolutely hilarious! I love oh. love Blake. Yeah, shout out Blake. Good, thanks good for presence. always listening, Blake. Good presence, Dane. That was a gr that was that, a great that was nod. Well done, Dane. That was a great nod. I appreciate it. So, yeah. uh, just want to before we get to the other presents, my thought process was my original gift for Leo. I wanted to do was potentially a 2024 planner for time management. <laughs> I have um, my planner. I I, I figured because um, you're so good at managing your time. Um, I'm good at managing my time, just not good at managing your time. Apparently, correct. Uh, and then for Dwyer. I was thinking about doing like a Miles Wood autograph, rookie autograph, but all the ones that were like pretty affordable were going to be shipped from Canada. Mm. Um, and then as well, I looked up, I texted you guys Miles Wood on Cameo that he is currently unavailable. Uh, that right sucks. Now. That if, if you would have gotten us one joint present that yeah. was just Miles Wood, uh, that, also uh, considered on Cameo for a joint present, Wani. <laughs> he, I can get done. that for free. <laughs> I was gonna make Leo, a mention. Leo gets like, that every yeah, time Wani's on the Thursday. score. <laughs> <laughs> Making it funnier, but yeah. All yeah. right. Um, we'll do. So Joey's. I'll do, I'll do Leo. For, okay. 
So this is for Leo. Oh, that Can we get some ASMR like present a in the birthday mic? Birthday wishes bag. We we reuse gift wrapping around here. Uh, I respect that. Yeah, you got to uh, reuse those bags. I got uh-huh. you. They're so sick for reusability. All right, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm throwing tissue paper at Dreyfus. Oh, ice! It's a uh, don't concuss me. It is a Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek bobble, jo- joint bobblehead. Speaking of joints, I wish the car- <laughs> that was a nasty catch of the. Dangerous caught both of them. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, that's right. all that's in the. Yeah, that's all that's like in the bag. Piece of plastic. So I wasn't sure if that was part. Of it. Um, but uh, that is very cool. I didn't realize until right now because I'm looking at the back of it. On the back it says "Best Friend best Goals." Friend goals. <laughs> <laughs> did you put that out there? Or is this uh, no. the Hawks with that? The I guess the Hawks so, did. That's pretty sick. Please uh, tell me you got a Vosters and Darren Pang. No, we got me. Brother Rice's <laughs> very own Eddie Olchek here. I will put this on display in the studio. I will put it. We don't have video with us yet, but. I will put it. It's a gun next to Taser. Behind me, I'm putting it next to Oilman Stan. Aww. Oilman Stan and the uh, first responders pucks we got. Our bobblehead game is pretty strong, to be honest. Oh, we've got some crazy bobbleheads. I think my favorite one's the mini Ryan Hartman. Yeah. From uh, the state championship. (laughs) Yeah. And so the funny story about those, they gave out Nick Schmaltz and Ryan Hartman magnet bobbleheads for the state championship in 2018. This is like right after Harmon got traded too. It it was about a month or two after both of them were traded. (laughs) Well, no, Schmaltz was later, I thought. He was the fall of 18. Listen, right? it was a traumatizing senior year of high school for me. So, <laughs> Mr. McInerney. Yeah, Schmaltz was like while well, we were Thank at you. college, I thought. So now Dane is getting mine. This one looks a little bit more put together. I didn't. Um, just full disclosure, I did not put <laughs> any effort into wrapping my gifts. <laughs> I, ra- I, wrapped, I wrapped these with Dane in my house this morning. Uh, so this one's for I'm, Dane. It's in a little box. I'm, I'm kind of worried. It's going to be like... Come on. It's going to be like the Cleveland Browns, like quarterback list shirt but for me it's gonna be all the girls that i had a thing with at illinois state god that would have been hilarious actually this is even better there's multiple the oh man tate mccray posters yes (laughs) i got him six 12 by 8 tate mccray posters of all her different ep and album covers hands on the table (laughs) (laughs) too young to be sad you broke me first. Honestly, her music kind of plays to my to my taste. All the things I never... These are very good album <laughs> names. I used to think I could fly... That one sucks. That's a bad name. <laughs> um, just Tate McCray... Damn. <laughs> All right. Bon- can I get a bonk? <laughs> yeah. That's uh... <laughs> So I will now start presenting. And so, backstory for mine... Uh, I went to the Blackhawks store on Michigan Avenue and I uh, was trying to find anything under $15 originally. I was thinking maybe grab like a, a Nick Foligno jersey or something. But again, anything under $15 at the Hawks store, a little hard to find. Yeah. I didn't realize how like marked up everything was there. Um, it was funny when I was looking at the jerseys, like there was like an empty shelf of like Bedards were like all sold out. Like I went on Thursday the 22nd so like you could tell a lot of people go in to buy Bedard stuff and then it's like oh there's like a small stack of Seth Jones and like I think he was the only other player they had him for <clears throat> um, but so then they had a wall of like all like they're kind of you know just whatever else the cheap stuff and that's where I found some good stuff for you Dane's, guys Dane's not even listening Dane's just horny over <laughs> <Yeah>. there <right laughs> alright take those pictures away from him B-Mac okay. <laughs> put him face down yep. so for Dane Brennan you will co-pass this over to him 
off of the cheap wall. It is a Connor Bedard Blackhawks koozie. Oh, that's which sweet. Which I found ironic that they had a wall of Bedard koozies because he's eight <laughs> years old. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of sweet. Yeah. This is yeah. This is gonna. Yeah. I'm definitely oh. gonna enjoy some nice pops in these. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. some Labatt. Drake as Connor. Some Labatties. And then for Tate Joey, is a Labatty. I considered a different koozie for Joey, but instead found something else. Oh, uh, no. Because <laughs> Joey and his uh, special lady, Emma, both moved into this new place that we record at. They have a very you know nice home. It's very Christmas festive, and they have a, a nice Christmas tree, their first you know Christmas tree together. So I figured I'd get something for that. Aww. So I got you an ornament. It is a 3D printed ornament, and take a gander at whose Blackhawks jersey that is. Who do we got? <laughs> Wait, wait, can I guess? No, I see the number. Nick Foligno. And so similar to that, my options there, there there was an empty hook. All the Bedard ones were gone. Uh, it was either Nick Foligno or Taylor Hall. I figured uh, Nick Foligno, oh in the God. sphere of the podcast, too, would be the way to go. We will be having a players-only meeting to address uh the Christmas tree. Christmas tree too at some point today. <laughs> my, this is going to be hilarious because in like 15 years, oh, yeah. this is still going to be on my tree <laughs> and somebody's going to walk in there and be like, why do you have a Nick Foligno <laughs> Blackhawks ornament? Yeah. No, you guys killed it with the gifts, honestly. I think they all played pretty well. Yeah. That was very fun. That was, yeah. that was that was a fun time. That was a good good way to wrap up the uh, the podcast year, or the, yeah. I guess the regular podcast yeah. year. Will we be back next we'll, week? We'll be back Maybe we'll be back yeah. with a World Juniors preview next we'll, week. We'll try and create well, some kind of content. Start. Yeah, they uh, did start already. Frankie yeah. Nazar, huge hit on a Swedish player. I guess so. we'll do a we'll do a recap, recap slash maybe. review. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, and I'll this talk is about like this season. is like the oh, what this is like the. Anyway, let's get BMX back. Mike oh, back yeah. on. I got B-Mex. a question for him. We, we will. So yeah, this is the end of the Christmas season. We'll have something else later. But before we get out of here, BMAC. Well, let's start with favorite and least favorite Southside Catholic grade school gym. Okay. Back in the day. Least favorite St. Bernadette. Oh, the Kwanzaa wow. Hut? All right. Kwanzaa. All right. Uh, best gym? Maybe like St. Mike's, just because those were the rich kids. Oh, yeah. They had the yeah. nice hardwood floor. Yeah. I mean, they had two gyms, which was yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good second. Queen of Martyrs, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> Get out of here, Marty. Yeah, St. Catherine's also had a nice Oh, they gym. were underrated. Yeah. They always had a good concession stand, too. That's right. Yeah. A lot um, of uh, picks and, and sticks. They, they, and they dropped, like, the, the curtain down for volleyball so you could have two games going at the same time. Right, right. Um, yeah, good call with Catherine's. I like CK, too. They were good. Christ good the one. King. Um, uh, Catchins, we had a bad one because we had the second floor up, so we had a low ceiling, so you couldn't play volleyball there after fifth grade, I think it was, because um, <laughs> the serves would go too high. But uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, or good calls with your uh, mics yeah. and everything. BMAC, last question for me. You're uh, back on the south side for 10 days before you got to go back to Sooner Country. Uh, give me one or two must-hit bars while you're back on the south side. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll uh, start our night at Brubaker's. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you're starting? That's where we're starting. <laughs> and then uh, we'll finish it at Riley's Daughter for some... Uh, Kegs and eggs. All right. All right. On. Right. Wait, on. I need a question for BMAC too. Yeah. Think um, of one. So, kind of hit bars already. <laughs> so, like, what's one food that like you gotta get while you're back in? Oh, town that's that a good you've one. Been missing yeah. a lot in, in Oklahoma. And he did say he did the Rick and Benny's breaded steak. That was yeah. Good. Yeah. It, it could be like a homemade meal too. Just to, you yeah. know, mom, mom makes the best meals. You know. Right. Uh, which she does, but I'm gonna have to go <laughs> with uh, probably just 
pizza. Any any yeah. Southside pizza joint, honestly, because it's just not hit the same. That Domino's yeah, what is, is not Oklahoma hit right? pizza like it Domino's, Domino's and Pizza Hut, Papa John's. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, does Papa uh, does uh, OU got, have like the ISU forty? Papa John's oh, like code, a student can, discount. Yeah, code yeah they do actually. That's huge. That, <laughs> yeah. I, I ate a lot of Papa John's at ISU because right. I could get a pizza for three dollars. Exactly. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. That's we right. will probably try and I hope we attempt a Sam's Pizza stop while B Max town. I know our yeah. schedules might not be yeah. accommodating, but I've been craving Sam's. You know, Evo is working every day, so <laughs> probably one of the busier times of the year. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think of like in terms of name drops, Evo and Sam's have got to be like it's either they've got to be a seen sponsor, sponsor at some point. Yeah. Like, and even if they just sponsor us, with, like, like we would give them so much free publicity. <laughs> on this, so, like, yeah. Well, I hope at some point Portnoy does stop into uh, Sam's Pizza because Evo would, would, would be like, I, I just don't... <laughs> why would he be in Ottawa? <laughs> well, there. Hey, Tom, Tom Brady has eaten. Oh, Sam's that's pizza. right. That's right. Yeah. That's that's a story we'll let Evo yeah. tell on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> All right, though. Hey, B-Mac, thanks for coming on. Oh, appreciate you guys. Official guest. You're going to have to be uh, a... Next time you're on, you will be the first recurring guest, too. I hope that we don't have a recurring guest before B-Mac. That would be wild. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you never know. You never know. You never know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Any Any words of wisdom for us? I was going to say any closing words. Any closing words of wisdom? Skate fast. Eat ass. (laughs) Go Blackhawks. That's all I got to say. Is um, there is there anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> uh, I should be it before uh, yeah. I lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, for BMAC, for Joey, for Dane, this is Leo. This has been Moves at the Blue Line. We'll be back uh, at some point. So uh, happy holidays. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you. <laughs> Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. All right, knock it off. Let's go. <laughs> I don't give a f- I'm not eating this tuna, okay? Shut up!